I am Dr. Barbara Kiel, and some clients of mine prefer to call me Dr. Bibi. And to be honest, I quite like it. Welcome to my podcast. To be honest, a podcast that is born out of mental health efficacy. I believe in the power of intention, and my intention for this podcast is to educate whoever wishes to listen, and to make a paradigm shift in how we perceive mental illness. I also believe mental health education is key, and that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is to invest. In your own mental health. Let's face it, we all need to learn how our minds work, and have the skills to deal with life's ups and downs. And more importantly, let us strengthen our ability to better connect with and support each other. Strong, empathetic. Nurturing and caring relationships have the power to prevent everyday challenges from becoming more concerning issues like mental illness. The responsibility to renew focus on your own mental well-being begins now. Let us set the energy of this episode together. You may wish to put your hand on your heart. And close your eyes unless you're driving or operating heavy machinery. So take a deep breath in, and as you exhale, let your thoughts go. Let your worries go. Let any tension in your body go. And let your past go. Now take a moment to plug into the greater energy of the universe. Feel your heart, and imagine us all connected in a unified field of divine white light. And know that you are safe. All is well, and so it is. So take another deep breath in. And exhale out loud with a sigh. And when you are ready, slowly open your eyes. Hello, hello, my audience. Welcome back to To Be Honest, and a warm welcome to our first-time listeners. In the last episode, I explored three types of infidelity: one-night stands, philandering, and affairs. I wish to give a shout out to、uh, the listeners who took the time to email me and asked about emotional infidelity. I didn't single out emotional infidelity because a lot of affairs are just that: sharing emotions with the inappropriate person. So, what is emotional infidelity? 
It refers to a situation where one partner in a committed relationship develops a deep emotional connection with someone outside that relationship that goes beyond what is considered appropriate or acceptable within the context of that relationship. So this can include sharing intimate details, confiding in the other person,、um, seeking emotional support or validation, and experiencing a sense of closeness and intimacy that would normally be reserved for the partner. So make no mistake, emotional infidelity can be just as damaging to a relationship as physical infidelity. Or both, for that matter, and may lead to feelings of betrayal, hurt, despair, and distrust. Speaking of trust, a breach of trust depends entirely on what you agreed to or thought you agreed to. So, virtually, all of you would feel betrayed by a partner who had intercourse with a third person, right? Whether during a one-night stand or as part of a long-term emotional entanglement, it doesn't really matter. But many of you would also feel betrayed and certainly threatened by other intimate behaviors, such as a hug or the sending of a dozen white roses. So, what I'm trying to convey here is that in the end, what matters is what matters to you. As a matter of fact, another type of affair involves the sex addict. Now, a sex addict is a person who attempts to counter feelings of low self-esteem with compulsive or uncontrollable sexual activity. Now, this is a specialized disorder that is beyond the scope of this episode. My audience, it is just as important to know the physiological impact of infidelity. Now, if you are the discoverer, meaning the hurt party, it's likely at this moment that you are undergoing physiological changes in both your nervous system and your cognitive functioning. So, as adrenaline and other stress-related hormones pour into your sympathetic nervous system, you experience a heightened state of arousal. You are constantly on the lookout for signs that your partner is straying again. Chronically anxious and agitated, you take longer to fall asleep, awaken frequently during the night, and are more sensitive to noise. In a way, you become exhausted from sleeping too little and thinking entirely too much. To be honest, at this time, you must tell yourself that you don't have to go through this alone. Seek professional help. Let's face it: when one partner has been unfaithful, something has gone terribly wrong. In my 15-some years working with couples, I have found that one of the key variables that determine whether the couple will process the damage of infidelity in a way that allows partners to enjoy a closer and stronger relationship is if each person is willing to confront their share of responsibility for the problems in their relationship. So this brings me back to last week. 
I mentioned one of the common threads running through each of the three types of infidelity is the experience of trauma by each of the partners. So make sure you have a listen to that episode as well. Now, let me explain further. What is trauma? Trauma may be defined as an injury caused by an external event. It derives from the Greek word meaning a wound. It is also related to the word throw, T-H-R-O-E, as in to be in the throes of a painful struggle. I once read a book written by a psychologist, Dr. Ronnie Jenoff Bowman, and the name of the book is Shattered Assumptions. She reports that people who experience severe psychological trauma suffer from a shattering of their basic assumptions about the nature of the world. So before the traumatic experience, according to Dr. Jenna Foman, such people held three fundamental assumptions. One being the world is benevolent, another is the world is meaningful, and the third is that the self is worthy. So after the trauma, all three of these assumptions are called into question. Many say that their world has fallen apart. The world stinks. Nothing seems to make any sense. And the sense that you know who you are and feel reasonably good about yourself is now replaced by the feeling that there must be something terribly wrong with you if something so awful has happened to you. So people who react to trauma this way are said to be suffering a post-traumatic stress reaction. Now, please take note. This is absolutely understandable because, in a way, the act of infidelity is an assault to the hurt partner's identity. And for the most part, if the unfaithful partner does not get this, it can cause more harm and damage to the hurt partner. So now let me circle back to the loss of a sense of benevolence, meaning, and self-worth is easily understood if we take into account most people's assumptions about marriage. Now, Dr. Florence Caslow, back in 1992, studied a group of people who believed that they had good marriages. She found that the qualities most valued by those couples were trust in each other that includes fidelity, integrity, and feeling safe, and also permanent commitment to the marriage. So it is reasonable to believe that most couples expect these same qualities when they marry. And people who are not married also may decide to enter a monogamous relationship. For example, many people assume, even if they do not directly discuss it, that if they are engaged to be married, they will be monogamous. As a matter of fact, even people involved in unmarried romantic relationships often hold this unspoken assumption of monogamy. Even high school students, who are going steady per se, generally expect that their relationship is exclusive and experience secret involvements with others as cheating. People who are living together 
whether in heterosexual, gay, or lesbian relationships, also often agree that they are in an exclusive relationship. So cheating in these relationships is also experienced as very traumatic. Because these assumptions are so deeply rooted in most people's ideals about romantic relationships, it should come as no surprise, right, that their sense of the world's benevolence is severely shaken when infidelity is discovered. If you cannot believe that your own relationship is safe, how can you trust that your job will be safe? Your friends will not betray you. And that everything you have trusted and believed in might not prove equally trustworthy. So the meaningfulness of your very life is called into question, and that is very scary. People in such a situation often find themselves thinking, "What good did it do me that I was a considerate partner? That I cared for my partner when they are sick?" That I comforted them when they lost their job, that I tolerated my intolerable in-laws in order to make things easier for my partner, and finally, many people ask themselves, "What worth did I really have if I could be cast off with such ease?" Now, of course, not everyone who has discovered marital unfaithfulness is equally wounded. Nor is every person whose infidelity is discovered equally affected. Now, however, if you are listening to this podcast, chances are that you, your mate, or someone with whom you are close has experienced the discovery as very traumatic. Now we do not know all of the reasons that make this event so much more traumatic for some people, and while others seem to recover quickly, what we do know is that many people seem to find, at least at first, little strength to ward off this trauma. In fact, their every waking moment seems to be absorbed in pondering this wound, and even their sleep is often severely disturbed. I think maybe it's a good idea for me to share with you some of the symptoms of post-traumatic reaction. If you are experiencing two or more of the following symptoms, most likely you are experiencing post-traumatic reaction. One is difficulty falling or staying asleep. Next is irritability or outbursts of anger or rage. Difficulty concentrating. Excessive vigilance, always feeling on guard. Jumping at the slightest sound. Physical reactions to reminders of the infidelity, such as nausea or shakiness. Now, my audience, important fact. These symptoms are the usual results of the discovery of infidelity. They are not. Let me repeat: they are not signs of mental disorder. Although, if they persist, it is important to see a qualified mental health practitioner like myself in order to obtain some relief. Another important point is that for the hurt partner, the discoverer, they also tend to have the following thoughts. Quite a number of my clients told me that soon after the discovery, they felt as if they were living with the enemy, 
and the thought of lying in the same bed with the unfaithful partner disgusted them, and almost anything could send them into a bout of rage or tears. Please take note: agitation can also take a considerable toll. People who are agitated do not think clearly and often take very rash and impulsive actions. So when the infidelity is first discovered, many people almost immediately begin to blame either their mate, the other party, or themselves. They may feel that someone must be punished, whether one of the other parties or themselves. Mind you, as long as these rage-filled thoughts predominate, it's all but impossible for the couple even to begin to talk about what has gone wrong and to think about whether it can be made right or made even better than before. Earlier, I mentioned the act of infidelity is, in a way, is an assault to the hurt partner's identity. So the discovery of your partner's unfaithfulness forces you to redefine yourself in the most fundamental way. Hurt partner often say to themselves, "If my life partner are not the person I thought they were, and our marriage is a lie, then who am I?" Suddenly, they see themselves as fractured, disfigured, different from how they have ever known themselves before. In the past, you may have described yourself as capable, independent, funny, bold, friendly, warm, stable, loving, generous, attractive. Well, not any more. Now you experience yourself in a hundred negative ways as jealous, enraged, vengeful, out of control, petty, diminished, bitter, frightened, lonely, physically ill. Defiled, unattractive, mistrustful, and socially disgraced. The greatest fear of the hurt partner is that they will never ever be safe. The greatest fear of the unfaithful partner is that they will never be forgiven. So both of these fears will loom in the background during the first year and a half, if not longer. Yep, not a good place to be. Actually, one of the first questions that the discoverer of infidelity asks is, "Why did it happen?" Well, unfortunately, there is no simple answer. Some people are unfaithful for reasons that lie deep in their past, such as a history of infidelity in their parents' marriage. Others are unfaithful because of what they believe about the opposite gender. It goes deep into one's psyche and past unhealed wounds. For instance, men who believe that women are prey to be caught. And women who believe that they are nothing without a man are caught in a way of thinking about the other gender that often leads to unfaithful behavior. For others, infidelity is rooted in the marriage itself. So it is important to try to understand why an act of unfaithfulness has occurred. Because once you have some sense of why it happened, you can begin to consider what to do about it. Now, this is as important for the person who is acting unfaithfully as for the one who has discovered the infidelity, and just as important for the third party. Since this is such a complicated issue and it involves denial and compartmentalization, and to be honest, 
most likely there is past unhealed childhood wounds or trauma. So one sure way to get to the bottom of the causes of infidelity is to seek professional help. So my audience, I appreciate you. Thank you for listening. And until next week, stay safe, learn heaps, and find the courage to be honest. Bye for now. You can find this podcast, to be honest, on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and my website, www.drbarbarakiao.com. D-R-B-A-R-B-A-R-A-K-I-A-O.com. dot com.